Welcome to Film Exploration with Ash Harry. And for episode 36, well, it's December, so why the hell not? It's only fitting that I do an episode on a Christmas film. So we're going to explore one of the best British romantic films of our time. It's the 2003 Christmas romantic comedy, Love Actually. Directed and written by Richard Curtis and starring a star-studded cast including Hugh Grant, Colin Firth, Kira Knightley, Emma Thompson, Liam Neeson and Bill Nighy. I don't think there is hardly a Brit who hasn't seen this movie. It's slowly becoming a contemporary classic in the world of cinema. Quotable, memorable scenes, mouthing the words line by line. It's just a rewatchable, feel-good movie that really best expresses the British culture and these beloved relatable characters that we see intertwine in this Richard Curtis classic. The film's charm is that it deliberately focuses on characters who are past their time for that childish Christmas joy and also relatable because they have their own adult problems or dilemmas and the backdrop of Christmas is essentially bringing all these stories together to bring that Christmas spark to all of them we know where they're all reminded of what love is especially around the festive period you know cliche is probably the right word but with Richard Curtis he manages to charm that word into a positive expression to playfully bring us the audience down to his level i mean his understanding of british culture for me is what captivates this film as an instant cult classic with some of the best beloved british stars who knock down their hollywood stardom in in exchange for delivering a completely british nostalgic quality of a movie and you know only known to the ones who understand this quintessential british mannerisms that they all bring on screen i mean I'll talk a little bit about Richard Curtis. I mean, the man that is slowly cementing his work in the archives of history in terms of British art. I mean, he's uh, he's quite an author. I mean, remarkably enough, Richard Curtis isn't British. The fella was born in New Zealand, but fear not. He moved to England quite young, lived in Notting Hill, graduated from Oxford and started writing classics, as we know today as some of the best beloved characters of our time, most notably the character of Mr. Bean, uh, the characters in Blackadder, and of course, or cinematic beauties like Notting Hill, Four Weddings and a Funeral, and Bridget Jones's Diary. He also founded Comic Relief with Lenny Henry, which I didn't know. But the man evidently sticks to his own culture and trying to resonate his work to a certain demographic, the British people, voicing his opinion of the matter, simply saying that I make films that I would watch in areas that I know well, more specifically, the British people know well. I mean, he's been drawn into Hollywood's lifestyle now and again with writing projects. More recently, he worked on War Horse with Steven Spielberg and he's actually working on a screenplay for the new Little Mermaid film that's coming out next year. So, you know, talented as he is as a writer, Love Actually was the first film he directed way back in 2003. In fact, Richard Curtis has only directed three films, um, the other two being Pirate Radio and the other one being the romantic comedy About Time with uh, Rachel McAdams. Uh, the film came about, uh, Love Actually, when Richard Curtis was working on two separate movies around the same time. One was about a prime minister and his daily life and routine, and he would end up falling in love with the girl who works there, which is Hugh Grant's sort of segment in Love Actually. And then the other movie he was working on was uh, Colin Firth's segment about a guy who finds his wife cheating on him with his brother, and then he goes abroad to write, and after a few months of writing these stories, he started to, you know... Uh, he falls in love with the girl that he can't speak English with. And Richard Curtis was working on both of these um, both of these projects, and he started to realise that the premise of both of these stories were strangely similar. 
So he decided to merge the stories together, kind of like how Tarantino does in Pulp Fiction with familiar stories with the boxer and, you know, and you know, throwing the fight and taking your best friend, the boss's daughter, the boss's wife out. You know, familiar stories that everyone knows. And then he added other love segments to the story. And that's, you know, with the backdrop of Christmas as well. And I guess that's how Love Actually was born. I mean, the two main leads, well, I say leads, the two predominant actors who play the original, you know, the original story's characters, Hugh Grant and Colin Firth, are actually born one day after each other. Hugh Grant being one day, one well, 13 hours older than Colin Firth, which is quite interesting. Of course, the two are fast friends and they work together on another Richard Curtis film, Bridget Jones's Diary. I think there was three films that were out with all three of them in. And both have worked, you know, individually on other projects uh, with Richard Curtis, most notably Hugh Grant in Four Weddings and a Funeral. Of course, my favourite of all, Notting Hill. I just love that movie. You know, so after he merged the two ideas of these stories together, the theme of love began to spring into his mind. And Richard Curtis was, um, he was at the airport one day and he basically got the inspiration for the rest of the movie by just watching people at the arrival gate. So, in fact, the opening scene and the ending with the footage of the arrival gates was, in fact, real footage filmed at Heathrow Airport. So Richard Curtis just got a team of camera crew to stake out at Heathrow for a week. And whenever they saw something that would fit, they would film it and then they would ask the, uh, the, the permission of the people they filmed to use it. So if you were flying back from Heathrow in 2002 on the week of September the 22nd, you may have made the cutting room floor footage. Of course, this was an emotional time in the world considering 9-11 had just happened and Richard Curtis even mentions mentions this in the movie as well with Hugh Grant's opening monologue. And I think this movie was done at the right time to sort of captivate this positive energy portrayed through simple storytelling and just a clear message about love. And I think what works really well with Richard Curtis, he doesn't try to overcomplicate things with his narrative it's relatable and to the point and by the way any movie that starts and ends the same way is a sign of a very good storyteller in this case he does this with the arrival scenes at the airport so the film came out you know seasonal time 2003 and ended up being the most rented dvd in the uk for the whole of 2004 with just a budget of 40 million most probably because of the huge cask and their salaries but the film ended up grossing 200 and $44 million globally, which is pretty good, despite this film is clearly for a British audience with British humour. I think with the exception of Laura Linney, all the main characters are British. I mean, Laura Linney, who plays Sarah, who most of us know from probably Ozark or various other films in Hollywood, like Mothman Prophecies or Primal Fear, which are both on Netflix, by the way, you know, was the example of what... um, Richard Curtis was looking for he basically said I want someone who looks like Laura Linney or is like Laura Linney for the role of Sarah and that was his that was his exact description for the role of Sarah and he auditioned thousands and thousands of British girls because he was so adamant that the role had to be for a British woman and he couldn't settle on anyone and he eventually just snapped and said for fuck's sake get Laura Linney then and Laura Linney auditioned for the part and and got it she was, in fact, in the middle of filming Mystic River with Sean Penn and Clint Eastwood, that which did really well at the Oscars, um, two completely different films. So she was filming in both London and Boston. Luckily, Boston is on the East Coast of America. So she would fly across the Atlantic several times within a few months so she can complete both movies in regards to their schedule. 
So, you know, the film obviously has a long list of actors, actors we have come to love and adore in other films before and after this, before the entire cast. Um, I think between the entire cast, the word actually is spoken 22 times by various actors throughout this movie. It's quite an interesting fact. Um, I won't go into details about who says the most and all that. You can Google that if you want. Um, but with the film, there had to be a few adjustments to the actors who played their chosen roles in the film. I mean, Emma Thompson, for instance, is quite a skinny woman in real life. She's, she's, she's quite fit. Um, she was a knockout in her earlier days, especially in the, uh, that Arnold Schwarzenegger movie, Twins. Um, but in this movie, she wore a fat suit in the movie, making her whole stereotypical appearance of a British wife, you know, and that was what the look of Richard Curtis was going for. Also, another adjustment was the character of Natalie, or should I say Martine. In the script, her name was uh, originally Martine, but when Martine McCutcheon landed a role that from, I think most of us know, most of us known her from EastEnders, um, Richard Curtis had to change her name. And Kieran Knightley was relatively young in this movie. She doesn't seem like it, but she was only 18 years old during the time of filming this movie. So, you know, the kid who plays the drums in this movie, Liam Neeson's uh, kid in this movie, he's played by an actor called Thomas Saxter. Just there's only five years between him and Kieran Knightley's character at the time of filming, which is ridiculous. I mean, it seems odd seeming she's married in this film and he's a young kid in this movie. And speaking of that kid, uh, Thomas Sangstam, who plays, um, I can't remember his name, but he's, the, he's the, uh, the little boy in the movie. He's, in fact, the second cousin once removed of Hugh Grant in real life, which is coincidental or maybe planned. I don't know. But yeah, Kira Knightley, I mean, she goes on record and she says she doesn't understand how this movie was so big. And apparently when she does interviews across the world, um, even especially in Britain, she gets lot. She, she said she gets asked lots of questions regarding Love Actually. And she's always baffled to see how everyone knows her from this movie and not more interested in her other movies. I mean, at the time, she was, of course, filming the first Pirates of the Caribbean movie, which, of course, was going to be a massive global success that spawned two sequels that made you know the second one made over a billion itself so you know there were massive films for her and i believe they're, they're the sort of films that kick-started her established career in hollywood as well but staying on the terms of adjustment uh adjustment i mean she was 18 when she was still growing up so there was a day where she was um shooting that scene uh with andrew lincoln who who we all know from the walking dead now um which is amazing but um, you know, it's that scene where she's trying to find the video of her wedding at his apartment and she's wearing a hat in that scene. So on the day, she she had a massive spot on her forehead and she was panicking and <clears throat> she was being an 18 year old, basically and was like, Richard, I can't do this scene. I've got this massive spot on my head. How are we going to do this? And Richard Curtis said, just wear a hat for the scene. So that's why she wears a hat for that scene. And also in that scene, and this is me being an absolute geek, but when she is rummaging for the videos to see if she can find the wedding video, there's a copy of alfred hitchcock's rear window which is a massive hint to what mark is doing with juliet the idea of voyeurism and watching someone without them knowing like i always tell my friends if you've watched the classics the old movies then you will get these little references that are scattered in pretty much every film um, that you go to watch to be honest and speaking of Andrew Lincoln, who has spent most of his career doing The Walking Dead, like almost like 11 seasons, the most frequent question he gets asked, despite being known for the lead in one of the most popular TV series in history, is the scene where he writes the romantic cards. And in, in, uh, the, in an interview, he was saying that the art department was going to do those cards, but Andrew went, uh, he had nothing to do because he'd filmed all, the, all of his scenes and he was like, well, 
I can do it if you want because, uh, you know, I, I've got good handwriting. He considers he's got quite good handwriting. And apparently they'd already done it. They didn't want to redo the placard. So he just ended up tracing over their own handwriting. So that's, that is his kind of writing in the movie. And um, with, uh, who else is there? Chris Marshall. He plays Colin from Basildon. I love that guy. Um, and what I love about this, there's not a bad story in this movie whatsoever. Even the uh, the smaller parts of the story with Colin. But um, each playing to different parts of British stereotypes. But yeah, the actor refused his paychecks because of that scene with the free American girl. So the free American girl's undressing because of his accent. And apparently that scene took about 21 takes. And at the end of the shoot, he just said, look... I'm not going to get paid for the scene. You can have it. So he returned his paycheck for that day, for that day, just saying, you know, I got undressed by three gorgeous women. Why should I get paid for that? So, yeah. But counteracting that was the one minute cameo that Claudia Schiffer did in this film for reported $200,000 uh, at the end of the movie where she meets Liam Neeson. Um, so in the movie, there are 10 individual stories that interlink between each other and uh, which has now been done in other holiday themed movies like New Year's Day, Valentine's Day. And this film has even been made, made three times. It's been remade three times, um, like five years after Love actually came out as a version in Poland and as a version in India, even copied the concept of the poster as well and pretty much had the same stories. So in Love Actually, I believe with those 10 individual stories, Bill Nye's story of uh, what's his character called? Billy Mack and his manager Joe. I think they're the only characters in this movie those whose storyline doesn't directly connect with any of the others. I mean, the rest sort of link up via being friends or work or even being family members. But yeah, Bill Nye's character doesn't interlink with any of those. And Colin Firth, I mean, he, his story, his segment in the movie is probably one of my favourite ones. I don't know why, it's just beautifully done, the story where, you know, where language holds no barriers and the communication is the essence of the comedy and the realisation that it doesn't matter when love is in play. And that scene when they both jump into that lake was actually only 18 inches deep, so they had to kneel down and pretend to be in deeper water. It was also overrun by mosquitoes and Colin Firth had been badly bitten and his elbow swelled up to the size of an avocado and he had to get medical attention so that was quite <laughs> a lot of consequences for that scene um and talking about that scene richard curtis this is a really famous fact about the movie richard curtis and other members of the production had a 45 minute meeting to determine the color underwear that oriala would be wearing for that lake scene 45 minutes but hopefully they were happy with the color i can't even remember what color it was now to be honest i'm, I'm, I'm planning to watch that film in a week's time but yeah, it's a great scene, and the final scene at the restaurant is just one of those classic romantic endings, like the press interview in Notting Hill, amongst others. It's just a tense, but a feel-good moment where the tiptoeing around stops, and it's just now or never, and everything's said out loud, and it's usually in front of a crowd, and it's just a great scene. But, you know, but not all of the segments are about love. I mean, they are to do with love, but not a happy aspect of it. I mean, there's some stories went the other way, more notably the scene with... Alan Rickman and Emma Thompson and that horrid you know, revelation of him having an affair. And there was a lot of speculation when this film came out, whether he did in fact have an affair. See him in the film purposely keeps it quite ambiguous, but um, it's, it's, it's sort of, um, I, I, I don't, I, when I first watched it, I didn't think they were having an affair, but of course to keep things friendly, we have um, this, um, you know, this somewhat um, kind of, Oh, how can I put it? Cameo appearance of Rowan Atkinson, who has who was actually written as an angel in this movie, 
and was going to have more of an obvious relation to him being, you know, being an angel, where at the airport he'd simply just disappear after he successfully distracts the stewardess so Sam can get through. And then once again, taking equally longer when packing uh, that necklace for Alan Rickman's gift to make sure his wife does catch him out, but only one succeeds. And it's a nice subtle message to say that there are signs all around us leading to this to the right, you know, the right passages of love. Corny, I know, but this is clearly the connotions from this angelic character of Rowan Atkinson. But yes, the, um, sorry, I went a bit off topic there, but the speculation about whether or not he had the affair. So in December 2015, Emma Froude, who is actually the movie script editor and the wife of Richard Curtis, confirmed on her Twitter account that it was indeed a full-fledged sexual affair and it wasn't just an inappropriate but non-physical flirtation, as some viewers assumed it was, like myself. And she confirmed that Karen and Harry stayed married after Karen discovered the affair, but home isn't as happy as it once was. So there you have it. That's what happened from the words of the script advisor. I mean, the quality in this film, you know, you know, you can link them up into past and present films. It's a great film to use for six degrees of separation, where it just connects some of the greatest stars we have to offer in Britain. Of course, Colin Firth goes on to win an Oscar for Best Actor in King's Speech. Liam Neeson basically does what Bruce Willis once did, which was an action phenomenon star, you know, starting with Taken and then going on to do many others. Chiwetel Ford, Kira Knightley's husband on screen, establishes a Hollywood A-list, now nominated for 12 Years a Slave. Kira Knightley, of course, many of us know her from the Pirates of the Caribbean trilogy and, of course, her Oscar nomination for Imitation Games. Martin Freeman, growing and growing, is soon to be an A-lister, appearing in the Marvel Universe and finding fame in leads in many films and TV shows now. Andrew Lincoln, of course, as I mentioned earlier, notably the lead in probably the most famous long-running TV show in America at the moment, The Walking Dead. So it's just remarkable what these guys have done since Love Actually 17 years ago. Alan Rickman, of course, for his role as Severus Snape, and not only appreciating the achievements they've done, but also, you know, the the off-screen of friendships and later and earlier co- uh, collaborations is astounding. Um, of course, his on-screen wife, Emma Thompson, in this film is also in Harry Potter, where, you know, which they mention in Hugh Grant's speech um, when he's with the American president. Uh, and Emma, Tenton, Emma Thompson's on-screen brother, uh, is Hugh Grant in this movie and um, they've both been in Sense and Sensibility which also has Alan Rickman and also has Kate Winslet who makes an appearance on the TV at Liam Neeson's house when they're watching Titanic and Liam Neeson has starred with uh, Laura Linney three times after this movie The Big C Kinsey and The the Other Man Martin Freeman stars in season one of Fargo phenomenal TV series by the way it's on Netflix if you haven't watched it and Billy Bob Thornton's in that who plays the president in this movie and of course uh, Hugh Grant and Colin Firth besides being born a day apart they obviously are both in Bridget Jones's Diary another Richard Curtis movie and Colin Firth goes on to star in Nanny McPhee which stars Emma Thompson so and Kira Knightley you know found fame in Fights of the Caribbean which in the movie the second movie Bill Nighy who stars as Billy Mack plays um, Davy Jones in it so the love they all have for each other is is there and you know it just attracts one another maybe I'm stretching I don't know but there's obviously an obvious connection there in terms of films and later collaborations, but there you go. But I'll, um, I'll end with this for a man. Love is someone who sleeps and stays with him through ups and downs. And for a woman, love is someone who accepts her no matter how imperfect she looks in the morning. Love is everything you need it to be. It doesn't really matter what, why, when, or how they're going to come in your life. They all just do. 
Well, that is all the time I have with Love Actually. Truly one of the great classics. And of course, one of the movies you simply need to watch uh, for the countdown to Christmas Day. So please subscribe to me on Google, iTunes and Spotify. And I'm also on Instagram, Film Exploration AH. All lowercase, all one word. And remember, love is all around us. And thank you for listening to Film Exploration with Ash Hurry. <laughs>